the tension is palpable. And we're live. Thank, thank you. Welcome, so, everybody. Um, we are live. And, and Mandy, take it away. I'm going to jump off the screen now. I just want to make sure that we were live. So, Mandy, take it away and uh, have a good show, fellas. Have a great show. I will be thanks. in the background uh, helping. If you guys need to communicate with me, Mandy can. All right, guys. So you guys thanks, have, a, have a good show. Thanks, Leo. Hi, Leo. Thank you very much. So welcome, um, everybody, whoever's yeah. watching at the moment. And uh, a huge welcome to our guest today, or should I say my guest, uh, Jim Penniston and Gary Osborne. Hi, Mandy. Whoever, whoever Gary is, we don't know. No, that's is some lurking onlooker just hanging yeah, in there? Yeah, because I said my name's Gary Osborne on the last interview we did. Remember? I know that's you right. Said I'm that. taking the I'm taking the mic. <laughs> yeah, it, it looked like I was irate, but I wasn't. I was just joking. So anyway. Oh no! Do you actually get irate? It's like yeah, not everybody else. You do? Do you? Yeah. Especially oh. when Burroughs starts, you know, spouting his, you know. Well, his... we're gonna get to Mr. Burroughs in a little while, but first we're gonna we I've we've already done like a bit of an intro to make sure that everything was okay. Hmm. We're not gonna start you like everybody else does, start you going from the gate to the forest, and you know, it was three minutes past two and blah. blah. We're not gonna do that. Oh. If people want to know what the beginning of the story is. Go and buy the damn book. It's worth every penny. It's fantastic. And then you'll know. But we've also got um, the original interview that we did. Was it three years ago now, Jim? And we it, went into that too. It's been that long? I think so, because we've lost time because of all of that nonsense. <coughs> Excuse me. So, um, No, it ended for me in June of 2020. That's when I stopped wearing a mask. So <laughs> that was all over <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but time has been lost. It's kind of weird. Yes, it know? has. It's really very bizarre. Um, so where should we start with um when when you I would like to know several things. So when when you touch this craft, first of all, I asked this in the last interview, but many people didn't realize it. How big was that craft? Well, it was pretty small, I guess. Uh, compared to a fighter aircraft or something like that, you know, uh, it was like, oh, I paced it off. I had no measuring stuff out there at all. So, you know, I had to, you know, like do my strides, my hands. Well, no, you know, you know, how, how, how big would a, um, let's say a human, how big would a human have to be to be able to come through if there was a door, to be able to come through a door? Would it have to be like a three year old? Would it be like a regular uh, size adult? It'd have to be someone like five years old. Okay, so and that, I most, don't even know if they could do it. You know, it's it was it was pretty small. It only measured like uh, you know about uh, I don't know, nine feet by nine feet by nine feet, and I think it, right. I couldn't really tell out. exactly the height because of the berms. But I'm thinking, you know, you'll hear me vary it from six and a half to seven feet. I don't know. It, it's, it's because. Really I, I I really couldn't tell exactly, you know, the height. Right. No, I, we don't need exact. It's just that, you know, whenever anybody does a depiction of it, they show this massive UFO. Yeah, I know. And and, and it's not it's not that way at all. <laughs> no, there's been there's been this shaped kind of portrayals of it and uh, pyramid, but it really it had a dorsal it had a dorsal type fin on the back, didn't it, Jim? Right. Yeah, Which, that's that's what gave it the height. I mean, it was yeah, that there, yeah. The weird dorsal fin type thing. Yeah. So, when you when you touched when you touched this craft, what did you feel? Were you you were already feeling the electrostatic? Hey, stuff? Before we go any farther, let me explain something about Gary. Okay. Okay. Gary, when Gary's talking about Rendlesham, 
I mean, when he wrote this book, he got inside. He was in my head. He was. I got me. inside his head. Yeah. yeah, he was. He was me. Okay, he was there. He, I mean, he he lived lived it with me. Okay, because and he was so, so good at portraying what happened to him, what he was thinking, what right. he was feeling. But so when Gary's talking about rentals, believe me, he is an expert on it. Okay, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> okay, he's an expert. absolutely. We've okay. talked a lot. Gary and I have talked a lot. So okay. this is just little tiny gaps of things that. Thanks. Jim. I didn't. I didn't mean to interrupt you on that, but I had That's to say right. that because Gary's going to be adding stuff in. You know, I'm okay with all the stuff. If I'm not okay with something, I'll say something. You know? You'll yeah. say it exactly. Uh, yeah. So the static was going on outside this craft. Everybody's feeling it. You've got a bit of a time wonk happening, right? The time's a bit wiggly woggly. And you touched yeah. it. What did you feel when you touched it? Uh, it was very smooth, the touch, but it was metal. I knew it was some type of metal, but okay. it was very smooth. Uh, the temperature of it was warm. Uh, the air temperature, I later found out, is like was 32 degrees. I have no idea what that is. Was that zero centigrade or something like that? Or... That's quite know. chilly. That's quite chilly. Yeah. And so I would say warm would be, I don't know, 40 degrees, 45 degrees, right. something like that. Uh, but it was warmer than the air temperature around there. And, uh, and, and, and when I talked to Monroe Nevels about it, uh, you know, recent, I mean, in the last couple of years, when he was uh, putting his chapter in the book, uh, Monroe just says, well, it wasn't warm because of the reentry or something like that. He says, it's warm because of radiation. I went, oh, that's that's reassuring. I oh, says, thanks a lot for that. Yeah, I <laughs> said, I'm, well, I said, I guess it didn't make any difference. It's 40 years later, you know, and I'm here. Right. So, uh, right. Yeah. It's it's really, it's very, it's very interesting the way people actually see this. When you when we were talking last time and you said this is before I'd even met Gary when I said to you you know where do you think it was from blah 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 and then your answer was well Gary thinks it was us from the future I was crushed it was the first <laughs> time I'd heard that I was totally crushed and when I got to know Gary I was like what the hell were you thinking well Gary <laughs> Gary knows it is something from the future well that's a I've, little different well I mean we've got we've gone we've yeah. gone through everything because because of the because he's going to go into his is uh is working at but there's stuff that that only you know uh that that happened uh, only recently you know there are so he could make his some discoveries and that so you know and it is never ending for him it's yeah, never I'm, ending sorry so I the point, specifically, the point mandy i wouldn't before specifically we, before we go into that there's the one thing no, there's one thing that i want to say is that with us talking, me and Gary, Gary and I, um, it's become very apparent that with one of the things that comes up in the binary code that we'll talk about in a minute, there's a date. And so this date is like so far in the future that who's to say that whatever was on that craft, yes, it could be human, but mixed with ai and alien and and or not it could just be us from the future and we're now ai you know it's just that that kind of thing i find it i found fascinating it, post, i hadn't even thought of that post-human ai hybrid from the right, future which is what exactly. jack, which is what the physicist jack safari had said you know 
Um, exactly. And that so, would make it alien. Yeah. Well, um, and that, that's from, you know, here. I mean, I mean, alien to me is, would be external. I don't know. It's pretty alien to what we are at the moment, yeah. isn't it? Well, well we were just is, like we're alien, I guess, to what the caveman or you know, yeah. What I was going to say yeah. is, I don't specifically um, subscribe to the uh, us from the future scenario theory. Uh, all I can say is, after working on the code, is that this has been devised by an advanced intelligence that's not kind of confined to our spatial temporal reality you know it's just something outside our timeline and um right if it's from the but future or from another dimension or whatever it's just outside right. our timeline yeah but there's there's things that what you know why have a craft that's uh you know mimics uh uh craft today like have uh, markings on it why would you mark your craft uh, sure. Why would you? Why would you send uh, uh, deliver a message in in English? Why yeah. would you know? There's just uh, okay. Uh, that's that's the stuff that makes me. Uh, it makes sure. it more convincing for me. I'm entertaining. Yeah. I, I will entertain that, but it's probably us from the future, most you know, because there are things that kind of lead to that conclusion. But right, you know, right. there's no proof of it yet. You know, but there is proof. Right. The code is proof. That it's from an advanced intelligence that's outside our spatial temporal reality. It's so wild that it's turned out that the binary code is way bigger than the actual event that happened yeah. in the forest. It is, but it no one's the, picking up on it yet. It's not it's got the to delivery the point. Method. Yeah, it's not got to the point where a lot of people and, and know about it or have even ventured to look into it. Um, but it will become it will be a tipping point where people realize that this code is uh, authentic it authenticates itself so well i mean we've spent hours going through this you and i guys and it's 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 yeah. taken me a year to actually understand and <laughs> It took me a while too, Mindy. Oh and my God. Did. But I've it been working on this for 12 years. It so fast. You know? I've been and working been on working this for 12 years. 12 years right. now. And you, and you eat, drink, and sleep it. It's like you I can't do, go to yeah. bed because you just had another thought. It's, yeah. I you're, have you're the epitome of a crazy scientist. I have dreams <laughs> so. where these kind of calculations come into my mind and it leads to something. You know, I'll get up the next day and I'll look at what I thought I could pick up from the dream and it. And it leads me to some other finding, you know, that right. is crucial to so, the code. Jim, how do you feel about all the things that Gary found from the code? Well, I'm astonished, but, you know, it, I got mixed feelings on it. You know, like, I mean, there's no need to prove when it happened, you know, what, where the code came from or anything like that. You know, I was there. Okay. So right. I know, I know what happened there, but, uh, you know, it, it was a very, very dark time i mean that that moments when uh i couldn't uh i could not uh deal with uh you know receiving it i mean actually until i wrote it out and uh that that that's i thought i you know i, I thought i had lost it you know for the trauma of the event or something like that and so it, could, it takes me back to a dark spot you know uh mm-hmm. but i'm i'm really um uh, happy that Gary, uh, you know, has authenticated. I thought, I thought the authentication would end with uh, uh, Robert Wood authenticating the notebook, saying, "Yeah, I was ready in 1980 and stuff like that." <laughs> yeah. You know, but no. Then all oh, of a no. sudden, 
I mean, I when we started talking, we did a lot of Skype. I don't even know how many hours of Skype, uh, Gary and I. He was in England at the time. He lived there. Mm, that's right. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> I don't know how many hours that was, Gary. It was a lot, wasn't it? Yeah, a lot of hours we was discussing it all, and I was showing you, like, the recent findings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it, uh, we had uh, the wow factor. It was, yeah, it was, we had that at the beginning. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then after about 50 wows, we just, I just went, I was overwhelmed by it. You know, 50 it seeming, seemingly coincidental kind of findings, but they weren't. It goes, it's way I off mean, the. I mean, when, it, when you know what number it makes it not a coincidence? Number five hundred, number six hundred. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. It, it was like it? that. Oh. It was like that. Number one coming up. Number one. It's. I don't believe in coincidences. It's all there for a reason. No. It's just. Well. It. It's so. It's so mind blowing, and to me, it makes it totally authenticates the binary. What yeah. did you, what did you think when you wrote all that binary down? I mean, you must have been terrified anyway. It must have been so flipping traumatic going through what you went went through yeah i i thought i was uh i thought i was losing it you know um uh it's probably the most unstable thing i've ever done in my life and uh what was it was traumatic that of that part alone i uh, i ones and zeros but, yeah those ones and zeros and i couldn't figure and i said wow this is really crazy stuff and you know and the more i wrote the better it was and at one point, I my pen stopped writing. Oh my God! <laughs> you know they clog up with you know government pens. What can you say? And yeah. uh, I was panicking, looking for another pen. Which, <laughs> which is interesting. I I continued to write where I left off. You know. But you had no idea what you were writing. No, I no, I thought I was losing it, and uh, and I thought that you know, well, if I ain't better, if I'm not better by morning, I'm gonna uh, go to the base hospital, and I guess I'll have to. What are you gonna do? You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, you had a you had a kind of subliminal kind of knowing what what the code was going to be saying, but at the same time, you thought that writing all this out in ones and zeros and then giving it over to someone to decipher it would just be rubbish. That's absolutely correct because yeah. uh, and because you know, I just thought it was nonsense, yeah. and then you know when uh, it was accidentally discovered thirty yeah. years later in the notebook I, which I brought with me. To this yeah. film shoot with this film shoot and other people seen it and they you know first things out of their mouths well you know, i was a film shoot with john bros and linda bolton Howe, and it was like you know, john had asked me for a date or something in there and i was looking and i went back too far in the notebook and it, i had the binary in there you know written and that's when hall said well that's binary code and I, and i went hmm I've heard that before, and it was during the um, uh, hypnosis session yeah. that it, that we I had done after I got out of the service because I couldn't sleep and stuff. And I says, "That's I, I mentioned that there, you know, in that in, that, in that the hypnosis while you were hypnotized." Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I wanted to go there as well. So how how long after everything happened did you get hypnotized, and why? Who did it? Well, I don't know. That was nineteen ninety four. Uh, oh, I wow, it was ages after. Yeah, I, I retired. In, well, I couldn't talk about the incident uh, while I was in. I got out in 93. October 30th, 93. That's right. And the first thing I did, <laughs> I, I got a job. Uh, I got a nice job as a vice president with a security investigator firm. And I was in there like 
a couple of weeks and uh, 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 Brian, the owner, says, hey, come out and talk to the Pilots Association about this. You know, yeah. because he was in the military too. He heard of it. And I says, oh, I don't know. He says, yeah, he says, it'll be okay. And that was actually the first time I think I talked about it. I can't remember the exact date. What was it, the 17th or something like that? It was 18 like... days. Yeah, it was the 18th. I think it was the 18th of November. Yeah. And so uh, I talked. The conference. And you took the notebook along, didn't you? I did. I did. I took the notebook. And... and then you get John Burroughs saying, oh, the notebook didn't come out until 20 years later. You know, but that was well, only we'll 18 go, We'll get days. to him in a minute. Yeah, but it he'll just know. 18 days after you re retired. So and you wanted to come out with the truth then because you was told to lie all the time that you was in the USA. Yeah, but I wanted right. to, I wanted to make myself let make it clear when I did my separations for the retirement in '93. Mm -hmm. uh, I uh, there's certain things you know you have to do an NDA and a non-disclosure agreement for certain right. things. You know, PSYOP programs, <laughs> top secret stuff, targeting. Oh, there are all kinds of stuff, right? And uh, so when I'm sitting at the, uh, it's in the book, but uh, when I was sitting at the, with the, uh, I'll process the NCO and he's going through this list with the op plans and this and that and the other. And I said, yeah, yeah. I said, I said, what about, I said, what about Woodbridge? Is there anything about Woodbridge in there? And he goes, uh, no. He said, I said, well, I'd like to know if that's okay to talk about it. And if, you know, it's classified or not. And you know, so the Air Force had their opportunity right there because he sent yeah. off he sent Twix off uh, a message at the time, that's what they called him, Twix, and to the Pentagon. And uh, he said he'd call me in, in a couple of days, you know, when it comes back in. Everything ran a lot slower <laughs> back then. And so he called me up, and all I want to do is I'll process and you know retire. Uh right. I, I had a job waiting for me, so that's what I wanted to do. And uh, he called me down and he says I got the strangest reply back. Uh, he says, it says, nothing happened on those dates in the base in question. Pretty much, I'm paraphrasing. He says, <laughs> wow. so that means nothing is classified. I said, can I have a copy of that? <laughs> uh, good move. <laughs> well, yeah, where is it? I don't know. I mean. And then no, no you, have it, you have it where the notebook is. It's all there. You've got it. It's fine. It's it's okay. Well, the only reason I asked because Colonel Halt had retired a year or two earlier. And he's uh -huh. whatever you do, ask him. Oh yeah, and the other thing is is that you did the uh, you did the interview with uh, Sally Rao, didn't you? Mm -hmm. And that was that was in uh, that was in December '93. That was after the conference. So you did the interview with her in December '93, and it was published in um, uh, I can't remember the magazine now. Omni, was it? Omni, I don't, Mag Omni Magazine was. I can't it? remember, but it was published in April '94, first of all, and then it was published again in '96, and then in '97. Yeah, um, you know, Sally and I. Yeah, the interview you did with her was December '93, and you were talking about the glyphs in the notebook with her. It's mm -hmm. it's all transcribed, all that interview is transcribed right. from December '93, and again, I mean, John. I'm, I'm talking about John Burroughs because he only recently did a radio interview where he said, "Stop, that, stop, stop, stop." Well, so, I, let's leave John Burroughs for a little minute. We're I was just coming up with too much. John I was, Burroughs, we're going to do in a minute. Okay, I, I know. Was, but I'm just saying that he said but, about the notebook didn't yeah. arrive until 20 years later. Oh well, and the glyphs weren't talked about until 20 years when, later. Just wait. When I, when I was uh, when I initially was doing them, by matter of fact, Sally Rail and, and we did the first uh, Microsoft uh, online 
ever. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it's historic, actually. Yeah. And uh, oh wow. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we had a bunch of numbers to get to the site. Oh, it was really strange. <laughs> That's and, weird. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, but the thing is, I was I was still hesitant uh, to talk about a lot about it. I mean, because if I if I would have came out in 1993, 94, and talked about what I put into uh, the Rendlesham Enigma book. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, it'd have been I, in a lunatic yeah, it had been fierce, uh, let me tell you. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. and I, I got more comfortable about it over the years. And uh, I think the turning point is actually uh, at some point with Gary. Okay, Gary was a skeptic. Uh, he was some guy yeah, uh, right. I was rec- recommended by somebody else to mm. look at the code and all this, uh, the f- pages. And then I said, okay. And what I was hoping from Gary... Uh, is uh, he debunk it? And well, I yeah. couldn't. I'm interested in the facts, Jim. And every time I was questioning you about stuff, you came out with things that well, people hadn't even thought about. And um, even though they've been trying to discredit you, and you you explained it, you know, rationally, logically. And so, yeah, I, I really couldn't. Um, that's why I think your testimony. Is has been uh, unfairly challenged and, and absolutely, handled, absolutely. So let's yeah. go back to the um, hypnotizing. They, who was it that wanted to hypnotize you? How did that come about? Well, I wasn't all right. Like I said, I got this great job. I mean, it's you know, I was making really good money, a lot more than I ever made in the Air Force. Wow. And uh, which ain't saying much, is it? Uh, so uh, <laughs> anyway. I couldn't sleep at, I was just like, I couldn't sleep at night. I was getting like maybe total two hours, two and a half hours. See how long you can survive doing that. I mean, you're really a mess uh, yeah. to, be a, to be around, you know. And uh, at the time I was married now, you know, and I was, you know, it wasn't good for my family either. And so uh, uh, I had to, went to my doctor, my medical doctor with the VA, and I was telling him I couldn't sleep in that. And she said, well, I can, you know, prescribe medicine for you, you know, to put you. I said, I don't want that. I got to keep, I got to be sharp, you know. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be all drugged up. And right. uh, and she says, well, we have another option. She said, that's my option. So I can medically treat you. She says, but I could refer you to another doctor. And I says, well, like who? She says, well, uh, don't take this wrong, but a psychiatrist. I went. Well, you think that's going to work? And she's, well, it can't hurt. And I went, well, okay, it can't hurt. Wow. And uh, so uh, I went. I went to her like for a month, uh, you know, and uh, I got comfortable with her after that point. And uh, I, just to, to let you know that these doctors didn't—they're not UFO people, okay? They didn't. No. No, they're doctors, okay? Right. And, uh, yeah, nothing tainted with it. And and she says, um, well, she says, what I'd like to do, she said, this might sort of freak you out, she says, but I'd like to put you on a hypnosis, she says, for, you know, to find out what it is. She says, maybe something in your childhood or something like that or is keeping you from you, some trauma like that. 
And I was thinking, oh my God, I don't remember anything in my childhood. I hope they got nothing <laughs> from my childhood, <laughs> you know, well, being abused or something. Or, you know, I was like, oh my no, God. No, you didn't need that coming up. Yeah. And I said, okay. So uh, I tell you what, the hypnosis that she did was just, I'd you know, never been so relaxed in my life when I came out of it. And wow. uh, yeah, it was really nice. And uh, anyway, she says, uh, do you mind if I tape it? That's my notes. And I says, oh, I don't care. You know, she says, my notes, you know, it won't go anywhere else. I said, okay. So she taped it and I, you know, I came out and I mean, I am feeling good. I'm all relaxed. And I look over at her and she's got her jaw on the table. <laughs> and I says, what's the matter? And she says, we're going to have to do another session, I think. I said, okay. I says, is everything all right? She says, we're going to have to talk about Woodbridge. <laughs> I went, oh. Wow. Hmm. Which big, yeah, which, oh, which nice yeah. yeah, and I actually uh, didn't agree to it right away. I mean, I, I said, "Well, let me think about that." And you know, I did call her up and say I, I do the second session. So we get all done, and um, this, this tells you it was a different time in America, you know, where people didn't sue people like they do now. She goes, "And the doctor would never do this today." She says, "Would you like to have my my notes?" Wow. All right. So she gave me the tapes the that she took. It, it was, you know, a Super 8 or whatever they used back then. Right. And I had I had mm. those. I still have them. And they put they put on digital format now. I mean, but uh, that I never, uh, I had them, but I never, I never watched them. I attempted to watch them, uh, you know. It's too traumatic for you, wasn't it, really? Yeah. <laughs> and it just bothered me so bad. I couldn't, I couldn't watch me even <laughs> And uh, matter of fact, uh, it went uh, all the way through uh, the time we started writing the book. And Gary, he was a pest about this. Uh, he kept saying, uh, you're going to have to watch that. You're going to have to watch that. I can't, Gary. And Gary, bless him, because uh, this took a lot of work. He transcribed those tapes. Yeah. And wow. he, he actually, we sat on Skype and he said, and he actually read it to me. And that's... I got through that. That's when we found that there was a block put on Jim's memory about the binary code download, the actual mm -hmm. part. Right, that's what his, I was going to ask. The actual part in his encounter with the craft where he actually had the download. And they blocked that. Whoever hypnotized, whoever interrogated him on yeah. the 30th, when it was the 30th of December. Right. Yeah, yeah, this is, this is way above... This is way above Air Force OSI, believe me. This is yeah. Nothing well, I don't think this, I don't think it was the yeah. Air Force that was doing that. This no. must have been CIA. What what yeah. they did was they hypnotized him. They gave him sodium pentafol to get the truth out of him, and then they put him under hypnosis. And the part where he uh, touches the symbol on the craft, and he has this download of binary code. You know, he sees the white light, and he has these ones and zeros running through his mind or his mind's eye. Um, they took right. the, what they did was they blocked that part from his memory. Uh, by placing um, uh, a nursery rhyme, you know, Mary had a little lamb. So every time he ever thought about that or tried to remember that part, he would hear someone, a man, reciting Mary had a little Mary lamb, you know, and so on. And that, 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 that freaks you out by itself, believe me. Yeah, well, I mean, like, the fact that you don't even remember anything right, like that. Right. It's like MKUltra, uh, you know, kind of stuff. It is. I was about to say, it's classic MKUltra. This is exactly what it is. So anyway, See, uh, well, sorry, ahead, Gary. Your, no, your, hypnotist, your hypnotist removed that block, didn't she? 
but you still had the residue of that block. So whenever you was doing interviews, when it ever got to the point where you were talking about the download, it's like you skipped it, you couldn't go into it. And you, and you would skip it and then say the next thing you remember is John Burroughs coming up to, behind you. And, um, but yeah. you, somehow you got around that and it, it was okay for you after that. But um, yeah, we, we saw that in, the, uh, in his hypnosis and where he talks about the actual download of binary code. Yeah, it was. Uh, That's all in the book, by the way. I mean, the the hypnosis yeah. has all been transcribed yeah. in the, for the book. It is, yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah. it's the fact that it's it does might blow your mind. I mean, yeah, but, they were doing so much bad shit to you whilst you had no idea. Yeah, but here's the key. Here's the key thing here, right? The hypnotist didn't know that Jim had already written down the binary code ones and zeros in his notebook. It right. passed under their radar. I didn't know right. about it. I didn't reckon on that. So when they were trying to block that from his memory, it was already in the notebook, which Jim actually right. went to the day before on the 29th of December. The day before, he went to actually hand in the notebook. That was your intention, Jim. Wasn't it? You're going to hand in the notebook yeah. and the sketch of the craft yeah. in free views. Mm -hmm. and, um, but you kept them in your inside pocket or whatever. And when you knew, when you found out that they were going to tell you to lie and that they... They took your four-page statement away, your original four-page statement away. Exactly. Handed you half a page of type text, which was the, the statement that they said you needed to memorize, and that's what you're going to tell people whenever they ask you about your role in the mm -hmm. incident. Um, you knew they were, they were telling you to lie, and that's when you walked out with the notebook and the sketch because you thought, what's the point of handing it over to them because you would never see them again. That's right. That's right. So that was a good and, thing. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's when the light bulb came on. I went, uh-oh. Yeah. yeah. I said and then that, so that yeah. See that that's actually their Achilles heel. Yeah. The, the book. Yeah. They that's what they did that's... was what they did was when Jim had when Jim had written out the four page statement in pencil and it was on a yellow legal pad, and he he uh, initialed each page, he signed it and it dated it. That four page statement was taken away, but what Jim had written in there, he wrote about the point. In the um, during the incident, well, during the investigation, when he got about 50 meters away from the craft, okay, so he mentioned that, and he was talking about the bright light that he saw from 50 meters away. But in the statement, in that original statement, he actually told him that he went up to the craft, okay. But when right. they brought back this bogus statement that they just typed up, and they said this is going to be your statement from now on, which didn't even have his name on it or the date, or signed, yeah, no sign. I, I, I wouldn't sign it. No, you know? no. When when they said you're going to memorize that, they put in there that you, he never got as he never got further than fifty meters away. Yeah, and, you know, and the other thing, it was really odd. Whoever 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 typed it up there, they they did all the spelling in uh, British English. That's like right. Color, <laughs> the color and stuff. I mean, like, I don't even talk that wow. way. And, I don't, and of and course, that true. And our meters and what the yeah. Hell? And now I have to yeah. add here that when they said memorize this, Jim, and you're going to tell people exactly what is in this statement what we've just given you he had to tell his officers he had to tell his commanding officers that as well and it's like they would ask jim what he saw as if they were testing him making sure that he was going to keep to that half page text you know statement right the story so he had to say yeah i didn't get further than 50 meters you know away. what's what's interesting is later on uh you know in the book i described this book Major Zickler, the squadron commander for security place, was replaced by Colonel Highbush. 
there, there's some. Why would a colonel replace a major? I mean, there's no, a, a yeah. Anyway, he this came right. From, he came right from the Pentagon, and if he was there one or two days. I'd already got transferred not from the base, but I was working as NCOIC of plans and programs. I got sort of promoted, you know, and uh, <laughs> I did. It was strange. You got you got sort of got rid of is what you did. Yeah, I got off flight, and <laughs> you know, then I was around all these uh, 06s, full colonels, and everything else. And wow. I, I could be watched, I'm sure. And anyway, uh, one or two days into him arriving at the base, I knew that he was he was coming in, and Sickler had left. Uh, I get a call from. Uh, uh, the order room to have, go up there and to talk to Colonel Highbush. And I think, oh man, okay, he wants to get briefed on, you know, this op plan, that op plan, some other mission and stuff. And because I wrote all defense plans for security police, I wrote them all. And, wow. uh, and yeah. And, uh, anyway, uh, I went up there. So I got, you know, all this classified stuff. I'm like, <laughs> two books here and another 4102. I got that here. Oh, and, and I walk in. And, you know, Colonel Highbush goes, hi. He says, I'm Chuck Highbush. And I go, hello, sir. I says, you know, Sergeant Pennison. He says, Jim Pennison? Yeah, yes, yes, sir. And and he says, put the stuff down. He says, uh, you want a cup of coffee? I said, what, sir? He says, you want a cup of coffee? I go, okay. I was thinking, well, this is different. You know, I didn't even, I didn't even report in. And uh, he gets this lieutenant to get us a cup of coffee. He shuts the door. And this is the important part. Besides all the stuff that happened, which is meticulously described in the book. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, I call him the lifeline chapter. I think that's what it was. Mm -hmm. And uh, he told me, he says, I just got transferred from uh, the Pentagon. He said, I work security police intelligence there. I says, oh, and I never heard of security police intelligence. As a matter of fact, I checked it later on, years later. There's it never, there, it doesn't exist. Okay. Yeah. And I said, oh, okay. And, um, and he says, uh, I want you to know, uh, I read your statement. So he read the four-page statement. In the uh, Pentagon. Wow. It was in the Pentagon. Of course. In the Pentagon, yeah. Yeah, I love that British accent. <laughs> Pentagon. 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 Yeah, and he actually, that's what I knew, that the, the statement he, he had said at the Pentagon. I knew it made yeah. it. And uh, he was so my, my lifeline throughout the time I was in the Air Force because I couldn't talk about this uh, incident. And uh, he and I described meticulously, you know, how many times we met, how many times we uh, went to each other's office. Uh, he later got promoted chief security police for Europe, uh, U.S. Air Forces <laughs> Europe. And oh wow! Oh, I know that was very peculiar. I described that in the book. I mean, I went in his office. Where he's come on in, Jim. You know, we're gonna have coffee and stuff. And he says, "Any problems?" And I said, "No, nothing's been said." You know? And this was this was the guy who had Jim's back. He said, "If you've got any yeah, problems, come to me." Come see me. That's right. And uh, yeah, and I tell you, it worked until, you know, until retirement. So uh, yeah, it was, it that's, was that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. But that was when the four pages I knew existed that at the Pentagon and it made right. it there. So, um, so there, get... Cassie, Cassie, Cassie Mackler asked, uh, have you guys found the statement? So there you go, Cassie. Yes. I want to say that, I want to Pardon? say that people have always said, I mean, these pseudo skeptics, you know, because they're not real kind of fair-minded skeptics or balanced in their views. They they they've got an agenda. They're, they're biased and they're kind of bigoted in the way they go about things. So, and they will say that Jim uh, Jim's story has changed. 
but of course it hasn't really. He was told to lie while he was in the USAF. When he came out, he uh, told the truth. That's the only way it's changed, you know, because he told the truth after, after right. having been forced to lie while he was in the USAF. Yeah, and yeah. one of the things that was at Pittsburgh, uh, all this is in the book, in 87, 88, I can't remember the exact year, was at the base in, uh, in Germany. And uh, uh, I get a call from my sister from the States, and she says, well, uh, uh, Unsolved Mysteries shows, is showing uh, uh, this incident with you, and it's supposed to be with a, you know, a UFO. And she says, I said, where are you seeing that? She's on tele television on Unsolved Mysteries. And this is really, and she goes, yeah, and, you know, Triangular Craft and, all that. It was kind of uh, Halton Burroughs, wasn't it? It was, it was Halton, Halton Burroughs. Burroughs. Yeah, they, they mentioned you in it. Yeah. They mentioned me in it. That's why, you know, uh, she made the connection. And I said, well, I said, I can't really talk about it. So I got worried because The Unsolved Mysteries was being showed on AFM, Armed Forces Network. Okay. Right. Uh, I know you know, Mindy, uh, Mandy. Uh, I know you know <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, it was due to come up, uh, you know, like in the next month. And there's always a lag. And so I said, oh, I guess we're going to have to go down to OSI and talk to them. Because that's going to be a problem because it's hard enough right now. To, you know, uh, people are talking about the incident. And wherever or what they talked about it, but they never put me me there, you know. Because right. my name, name wasn't out. And uh, so I got a hold. Uh, what got went on? I talked to uh, OSI at Bitburg. And I said, oh, I can tell you so much. I said, it's classified. And I said, but I'm going to have to tell you to report some of this. And he said, yeah, they understood. And I told him about Unsolved Mysteries. And I said, I really don't want my name mentioned or anything like that. Because you were still in the USAF, Jim. I'm in the Air Force, yeah. I mean, you know, a flight sergeant. You know, I ran a flight of 50 guys. I mean, and you had to, <laughs> tell, and you had wow. to, tell, the, you had to tell the line of what they told you of to course. say. Yeah. Right. And uh, yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, and and OSI says, well, we'll he said we'll take care of that. He said we'll we'll look into it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I hear nothing back from OSI. I uh, sit down the night that this uh, unsolved mystery is supposed to be on. It's supposed to be on at eight o'clock on AFN. And I sit down and this is what happened. Like a minute before, all of a sudden, the whole AFN goes off the air. <laughs> It's off the air for an hour. Wow. <laughs> well, this is all over Europe. It's off the air. And uh, it comes back on. We come say, I wonder if this could come back on or not tonight. Maybe later on. Maybe it's a power somewhere. <laughs> and sure enough, at 9 o'clock, it came back on. Hmm. And I said, wow. <laughs> That's so cool. Wow. They took, they took care of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I kept my name still hidden at that time. But to a point, I mean, the show went live in the United States. I mean, but you know, and they I removed did, your name I did, from it. I did eventually, yeah, I did eventually get a hold of them. The, 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 you can tell when they were getting ready to sell it. I don't know how they worked that stuff to somebody else, and they, they, their cut, their uh, rights with they, they eliminated my name. Okay, so it was gone. It was just a bleep. Yeah. But once in a while, there's a copy. Maybe the, I don't know through it was sold or whatever. It will come out, and my name's still in it. Which, you know, they had no control over. And I don't hold the right. film company. It was Muir, I think. Uh, Cosgrove Muir is the producer.
this and that. They did it. They really helped uh, with it. They were okay with it. Well, they had no choice. I never signed a release. You know. Right. So, just recapping, and I'm recapping in my head, and it's like. There's so much going on up there as usual. So, so how how was it when you came out of the military? You came out. What did you say? Ninety three. Yeah, it was October thirtieth, ninety three that he retired. Yeah. And so, so I remember all the dates. The, I remember. Yeah, you do because you knew I the don't. timeline. You knew the timeline. <laughs> it's like you know when there's a murder mystery or a murder case, right. they always have to establish a timeline. You know, because I, I it's like <clears throat> I can kind of put it with um, when I lived where I lived and everything. And so it must have come out not long after that, really, that it was started to have some interest in it. Well, yeah, but no, not uh, I wasn't the one that was putting the information out, and neither was Hall at the time. Most of the information was coming out from uh, people that weren't there or uh, weren't involved directly. Were in Typical. Direct yeah. And in uh, uh, in the main ones in England, I mean, uh, and uh, yeah, so they 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 were going to do a book, and uh, anyway, that really got halt upset. I don't I don't really still understand it today. I really don't care what they say. To be honest, with you. No. <laughs> I don't care. And so, uh, yes. So when when did the whole thing? Because I remember seeing. I don't even know if it was on Ancient Aliens. It might have been another program because I watch everything. So you and Burroughs' name was always like synonymous with everything. And it was as if it had happened to both of you when it originally came out. That's how I remember it being reported. Uh, halt, it's Halt actually, well, uh, no. I mean, I mean, it was originally cited... Uh, there was this, they seen lights in the, the forest. Uh, uh, it was uh, Staff Sergeant Steffens and Aaron Burroughs. Uh, they were on, on patrol and they seen the lights in, in the forest. And that's what initiated uh, um, uh, the, my whole response to the Eastgate and stuff like right. that. See, it, uh, wait, yes, go ahead. It oh, was no, always I'll, I'll, really, I'll, go ahead. It was just really weird to me that having that all of a sudden it's like he muscled in on the whole story and he's telling something completely different and he has no idea what he's talking about. I uh, know initially it was, uh, uh, initially, you know, uh, he was, he was out there, but uh, I didn't talk to him uh, because, you know, when he moved around the military, he got, he got, got right. out, he got out right afterwards. He went into the reserves or something. And, uh, so I didn't uh, see him, and I get an email. Oh, I can't remember, Gary. I can't remember the year, but it was. When was the email, guys? Yeah, uh, what email from who? Burroughs. Burroughs. Uh, and he wants. I don't know when it was. It was eight or nine years later. Okay, I was at, I was out of the service. Yeah, he got and, into contact uh, with you. Yeah, and, he went off the grid for a while, and and even uh, Colonel Hump said he didn't know where he was. He said he yeah. might be in Alaska. Anyway, I yeah. uh, he uh, his parent his uh, adoptive parents uh, they're they're down in uh, Peoria. This is not too far from me in Illinois here, three hours. And we he agreed he agreed I agreed uh, we'll meet halfway. Uh, 
and we'll meet. And it was there we were having lunch. Uh, he, he says, I want you to know, he says, I don't remember anything out there. I says, what? He says, uh, is that uh, is that stuff from your hypnosis? I said, I says, no. I says, that's what happened out there. Yeah. And he goes, I just don't remember nothing. I says, well, I says, you go ahead and say whatever you want. I says, yeah. I know what happened. Yeah. And uh, that's the way we left it. But I was like, I left that meeting with him. I went, how the hell can't, you know, that's the first time he'd say he told me he couldn't remember. Because what was such a shock is when we got debriefed up at the uh, command center uh, with Colonel Halt, uh, right. uh, Colonel Conrad, and General Williams. And when we got debriefed up there, when we were sitting up there with Halt's office, he was uh, talking. You know, he was, it's a triangular craft, it's, oh, this and that. And he goes, and finally it was like, Halt just says, hey, he says, I want to hear this from Sergeant Peniston, you know, because he's just an airman, you know. Yeah. Right. Uh, nothing against airmen. I mean, I was an oh, airman no, but, hey, time. Right. Uh, but yeah, and so he he knew within forty eight hours what the hell happened, and was from you know uh, looking back in hindsight and the, what we found out about our, my hypnosis and the the block, maybe that's what happened to him. I don't know. Maybe you know. Uh, maybe the uh, the fact that when I look back at those guys and. You know, they're just standing there frozen. It wasn't fright. Maybe it was because of that 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 sphere of influence I was in. Maybe it was a you know with time, and maybe time was instantaneous to them. I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of things going on there, but the fact is, everything I described happened because you know it's it's vivid. Right. It's well, vivid John, John will now say that he never saw a craft or an object or a mechanical object of any kind. He just said he just he will say he just saw lights. That's all he saw. Well, he didn't. Um, he didn't and he uh, doesn't. Unsolved mysteries. He talked about the craft, a triangular one. Yeah, but also he was the first one who found the uh, free uh, yeah. landing pod indentations. That's right. In the ground, he was the one who called you over and said, "Look, here's these free." Yeah, and I was. I wasn't even shocked or yeah, okay, you know, because. That's the last and, thing that's important. And branches have been branches have been sheared off the trees, you know, when the craft had kind of right took off. And yeah, it wasn't a good night with a good night with him at all. He was he's a terrible uh, airman. What I mean is he 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 says that you know he never saw any of you walking around the craft and inspecting it and that kind of thing. Right, well, in the notebook. Right. Yeah. Well, it makes you wonder if he's got Marietta Little Lamb singing in his head every time he tries to talk about it, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Well, well you know, uh, well, we, we just, in the book, uh, it also goes, I don't know what, how many weeks afterwards, a week after, something like that, after the incident. Uh, myself and, and actually, Vistenza, that's the other guy that was there. But we were outside law enforcement uh, desk in the squadron, uh, you know, commander's office and that, and we seen Burroughs. And he was in a hurry, and I said, where the hell are you going? He goes, down to OSI. I said, don't hold nothing back. Tell him everything. Tell, yeah. him every, tell him everything. I says, just have it go away. And he goes, yeah, 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 okay, okay. And <laughs> even, yeah. Jim, even, even the time when he said it started is wrong. I mean, he says 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it's all. I'm and sure that's, that's, uh, that's planted. It has that's to be. on his statement. But when you look at his different interviews through the years, he'll say, oh, it was 
or is two. Well, I mean, the, argue, the argument is, uh, is start, start, you know, just take starting coffee at the, the Central Security Well, you control. don't need to because I, as I wrote in the book, that there were more uh, witnesses who said it happened around just after midnight or around right. midnight than three o'clock. The only three people that mentioned it being three o'clock was John Burroughs. Um, uh, who was it? Chandler. Chandler, in his statement, he said three o'clock. And also Baran. He said three o'clock. And their two statements, sorry, the, the latter two, their two statements was written in January 1981, long mm -hmm. after Burroughs had written his three o'clock. As if they, on their statements, they were made to write three o'clock to fall in with what Burroughs had said. Exactly. And it later right. comes out that the reason why this three o'clock thing uh, stuck was because a meteorite had entered the atmosphere around, you know, just above Rendlesham or something. And so they tried to make it look like it must have been the meteorite that they saw, you know? Wow. Yeah, well, yeah, I have never seen a meteorite uh, take off. You know, uh, it came out. <laughs> no, no. I mean, this. I didn't see it land. We've been but but, it, but, but we had so many. This is a mass sighting. I mean, yeah. Uh, the landing was observed like uh, you know we had uh, you know the security response teams over in Bentwaters and that. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. the ones that actually seen the landing, mm. the dome of light. They've seen that happen, mm. and I didn't see the landing, but uh, I seen the takeoff, and they seen the takeoff. I mean, everybody's like. Yeah. Well, you know, whoa. And there must have been people in the village down at the pub that, that were just coming out and stuff. There was. Yeah. There's people coming home from like Christmas parties and stuff like that. Sure. And uh, I met a couple of them in that. I mean, there's there's quite a few civilian witnesses. Um, uh, of course, they would. They definitely met a, a stone wall. You know, they were, they were not going to get any information. Oh yeah. Well, it's easy to um, do that though, because they're all drunk. Yes. You know. Well, yeah, they can just say, well, you had too much to drink, you know, something like right. that. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, I mean, one of the more, more credible ones uh, was a guy that owned a uh, a, a, a garage uh, off of Bentwaters, and he um, worked on cars for the service people and that, you know, he made a good living in that. And uh, he, uh, I got to meet him on a film shoot over there, and he had a really nice perspective uh, uh, from his vantage point, because he's seen it that night, he, he couldn't sleep. I got up and went outside, was having a cigarette or something because like I couldn't smoke inside. I don't know, something right. like that. <laughs> and uh, he had a very detailed part of the of the takeoff and stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, there's uh, Harris was his name. I can't <laughs> remember. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just. Uh, go ahead. Have you have you been like? It's a stupid question, really, but you must have been somewhat traumatized by this for the rest of your days, really. PTSD. You know, do you have flashbacks? Does anything spark things? You get treated. Yeah, I, I have PTSD. Yeah, from it. Yeah. Yeah. I get treated. I I got treated for that. It was that's a long process too. Uh, it came out of after the hypnosis and that. Uh, I got. Uh, Put on some kind of alpha, beta, or whatever blockers, and uh, yeah. they got that they worked on getting the right dosage, and I still take them today. Uh, wow, they do help. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah. otherwise, you're waking up in the middle of the night and you're sweating and everything else, and sometimes, yeah, but but I still get a little bit of it, you know, uh, 
certain triggers uh, can happen, you know. I, one of the things I don't do is I don't watch any news. <laughs> I stay <laughs> off. That's a watch. very wise, wise decision. No, first, first of all, it's all fake, so I don't listen to that stuff. Yeah, I just want to make a point. Yeah, um, so I, I don't watch that stuff because, for example, um, a trigger could be an aircraft crash on the news because right. it's an aircraft crash. That's what I initially went out there to look at. And, you right. know, uh, yeah, there's certain things that can happen. And I find it curious, though, that you get PTSD. You've had PTSD because of this. And John Burroughs was on Jimmy Church show saying that he, he doesn't suffer with any PTSD from it at all. Well, if you can't remember oh, anything, it's bad dreams. Exactly, exactly. So yeah. what's been going on? Because there's been some really crappy press right lately, diffusing. Well, we see those skeptics. They will always pick on Jim. They won't want, pick on the others. It's like the others are... I need to grab a drink. And so the other it. witnesses have given... Leo, are you there? Last... Sorry. It's like Leo. the other witnesses have got to, you know, get out of jail free card, you know, with these pseudo skeptics. It's always Jim that they pick on. But having worked with Jim, I mean, over the last 12 years now, I, I've got to say that he's, you know, he's impeccable with um, his, what he remembers and uh, he's, he's been It's always, honest. it's word for word. He's been honest. And a lot of the things that people keep bringing up to try and discredit him, I've, I've learned, you know, that what Jim has said is true. He's, he's, he gives the explanations. Jim has been his own worst enemy, really, because he's been quite, um, how do I put it? He, uh, he doesn't like people prying too much, you know? He's like, right. uh, and um, he'll be brutally honest when he, when he talks to these people. And he can just go, right, I don't want to talk to you anymore. And that's it. And they think he's being evasive. Um, but, you know, Jim is kind of private. He's, you know, he, he doesn't like too many... Um, people kind of getting him, especially when they're already running him down, you know? So uh, yeah. I can see that he hasn't always handled it properly, but because I've now listened to Jim over the last 12 years and I know what he went through, you know, I've got to say that, and I'm only interested in the facts, that Jim kind of stands above the others, really. And I'm not yeah. saying that because I'm a fan of Jim, you know, um, he knows that, you know, I, I will question him. I, I've questioned him in the past. Um, there are things that he likes to keep private, he likes to keep to himself, you know, because he's embarrassed by certain yeah. uh, factors about the incident. And um, so, you know, but that's his prerogative, you know, he, he, if he does want to talk about certain things, uh, you know, he doesn't owe anyone anything, really. It's easier to put it in a book, writing it out. Yeah. I mean, that, even though I struggled with that, you know that, Gary. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. it's, it's, it actually was therapeutic, I think, to actually write a book. You know, it was the second you, one. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. when you look at all the things they bring up to try and discredit him, some of them are really silly. You know, like they said, oh, he's got the wrong date in his notebook, which was, and they say, oh, it looks like the 27th he's put there instead of the 26th. Actually, it's the 29th. In fact, the loop of the nine, which he writes, it looks like a seven when you look at it. You know, yeah. unless you look at it close up and you can see it's a nine, it's like a closed loop. So it looks like a seven. But when he writes his sevens, he writes a stem through the. He writes a line so through the a stem. European, right? European style. Yeah, that's it. So I'm, um, a, I'm a terrible writer. That's the problem. Uh, I'm also a terrible uh, uh, drawer, drawing right. things. So yeah, right. that's but, yeah. 
But I, well, especially when you're shaking and terrified and yeah. you're trying to recreate well, something you've just thing. seen in the middle of a bloody wood. You can see yeah. in the notebook that his writing's getting worse because he's, you know, he's having these shakes as he's investigating the craft. It was intense, Gary. Yeah, but what I want to say is this 29th, this 29th December date on his at the top of the notebook, it was a flight exercise, and it wasn't a real flight. You know, when there's airplanes in the air. Um, it was just a flight exercise, which was like on paper, wasn't it, Jim? It was like simulation. Yeah, on paper. well, yeah. It's, so, and it's only an hour. We, we did that to stay proficient while we're working. Yeah. And, and it was so, a lot to do, and, you know. Yeah, and uh, so um, this. I was required to do them. That's, you know. They so did he wrote down. Waters. I did them there, you know, we're required to do them. So he wrote right. down this, what he was told was going to be a flight exercise on the 29th of December, and that was at the top of the page. But these. Guys like the Ian Ridpath, they, they, they say, oh, you got the wrong date there. And it looks to us like it's the 27th. It was the 29th. But it had nothing to do with the incident whatsoever. Jim would jot down in his notebook anything at any time, anywhere, you know? So, right. yeah. so they're saying it should be the 26th. Well, Jim, he just wrote down the 29th because he had a flight exercise. It had nothing to do with the incident, you know? So there's things like that. It's a silly mistake. And I pointed it out to Ian Ridpath. And he couldn't answer it. And I got blocked from the page because of it. But it was on it, James Easton's um, UFO. So how dare you ask a question? UFO yeah, I got blocked from the page. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, he, had, he won't go back to his own website page where he mentions this and change it. He won't change it. It will stay up there. You see, this is what happens. These skeptics will keep on continuing with these they do bogus, they yeah. do because this is it's like i said before when we did a quick test that people come in and try and make money out of all of this kind of stuff and they're riding on your slipstream and that you've never earned a penny from this book that you've no, given all to charity. of course not you don't write you don't earn a lot from writing books really you don't well no it's, it's not even money. that but jim jim gives it to charity anyway hmm. so it's yeah, awesome. exactly. people people are just evil sometimes so um cassie asked have you ever had any physical ailments since since this incident oh hundreds <laughs> who knows well yeah i mean i mean we're old. does she mean cause from the incident yeah do you you know something that's crazy like your eyes glow in the dark or you know your toes well, your toes do the only thing was uh right after the incident uh of course, you remember the pressure I was under. I don't know. If I'm, just, just under pressure I'm just going to, sorry, excuse me. I'm just going to leave for a couple of minutes. Yeah, I know. I had to get water, too. Uh, but right after the uh, incident, maybe a week or two afterwards, I uh, was having problems uh, with my uh, with dizziness and stuff like that. Went to the doctor with that. There's no problem. He says it's probably just, you know, uh, anxiety or Radiation. whatever. It wasn't nothing too too bad, and uh, that was so to say that was connected to the incident. Well, uh, I was pretty stressed out. It could have been, you know, I don't know. I'm um, thinking. Yeah, it was. Uh, I can't even describe the amount of stress. It was pretty stressful. Um, yeah. And uh, then I, you know, I had a situation that happened years afterwards. But is it, you know, I had a couple things happen, but. They were to say that they were related to the incident. I you know, I there's nothing to connect it. Nothing. Well, it so, doesn't have to be because I asked you before if um, if you'd ever had anything else happen 
that was like weird anything i mean out of the ordinary oh uh, you mean like a uh a similar situation or well, are you talking anything about that what, yeah light lights anything in the sky was, or what anything like that you know waking no. up and finding a, something buried under your skin or weird oh, dreams no. No, You've no. never had any. Not, not like that. No, 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 no. No, uh, I found one time was sufficient. Well, yeah, I'd say. Maybe a bit too much for some people, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's no reoccurring stuff happening. I mean, not like that. Uh, I mean, I do have the nightmares, which is bad enough. And, you know, and the other thing, I'm still talking about this instant I'd rather not have had happen. Uh, 42 years later, you know? Yeah. Well, it, it, there's a reason for that, and that's where Gary comes into it, isn't it? It's like the stuff that he was doing his research, and then along comes you, and then this mutual friend then puts you together, and then his stuff comes bouncing out, and now everything <laughs> makes sense in the binary. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's all predetermined. Yeah. I mean, I was going to yeah. say that... Um... <clears throat> Uh, after all the he said, she said stuff is just irrelevant. When it, when you look at the code and how it authenticates itself, predicting a 12 digit number that came up 38 years later, as right. determined by physicists that were working on the fine structure constant, <clears throat> right? It authenticates itself, so something that no one could have known, no one could have predicted. So, all no. these issues that they keep bringing up to try and discredit Jim and the code, it's all irrelevant, really. You know? Yeah, it's just like, like, you know, and after the book was written, um, I went and did a conference uh, in 2019, yeah. uh, the MUFON conference, uh, the symposium, 50th anniversary, or it was. Right. Uh, in Irvine. Uh, yeah. California. Yeah. And uh, nice, nice little town there. I mean, it's awesome. That, not not LA. I mean, that's a that's a mess. Oh, no. That's a hell of uh, a but no. Uh, no, you can, it's just polluted and everything. And uh, uh, anyway, when I was there. I I got to re uh, hook up with Robert Wood, the guy that originally uh, was going to authenticate the notebook. He did like in 2013. It was 2012. 2012. Okay, thanks, Gary. August. August. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> it was, anyway, he it was part of the uh, agreement I had with the. Uh, with the uh, film company, I says I want to, you know, have this authenticated because you got all these little pests are saying that this wasn't real, and I just made it up the book. And I said, okay, so wow. we'll just get it authenticated, right? And uh, and he did. Robert Wood did it. So when I got to meet him in um, uh, 2019 at the Mufon, we had a great talk. He talked about. You know how the age of the paper on it. He says, and uh, the ink, and you know all this is his own. He says this is definitely uh, uh, written. He says uh, in the you know late 1980. He says there's no doubt about it. And I says okay, I knew that, but I says you know, uh, I says is there anything else to add? And he added some more stuff. And uh, actually, I was going to put it. Maybe we'll put it in one of the other books. You know all the stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't. Yeah, if it, if there's room, now we I don't know, Gary's like on his next, uh, you know, I think he's gonna need about 10, <laughs> 10, 15 books or so. I don't know. It's so much. Look, we were know. we were talking, Jim, weren't we? We were talking about 
the findings of the code and there's like two books i've been writing in tandem you know to get out this year okay and um <gasps> we've got but, a date now but jim was saying it's more cost effective to do like 300 page books not another 700 page book like the first one you know so that means like more books maybe but really you know we're not doing this for money or anything it's just no but no but the price out. the price with inflation the price of paper i mean like yeah with yeah Amazon, getting printed getting yeah printed. the cost yeah. of a book is like almost yeah. 20 bucks just to even that's you know, crazy just to do it yes and that's a paperback and you know i'm wow. sure hard hardcover you couldn't even probably touch for six you know 60 70 bucks yeah I mean, who's crazy. gonna buy that yeah it's, so this information yeah, yeah. has got to come out you know and uh, and that's how we're going to have to do it. Maybe books that are like 350 pages long. And it means more books because there's just so much data that's come out of the, the coordinates found in the code. There's so much been encapsulated in just those seven coordinates that it could right. fill free, free books, you know. And, uh, and yeah. I've said that loads of times, uh, that, you know, it's just so much has come out of it. It's incredible, really, that Jim was able to write down these ones and zeros, which had these coordinates that encapsulate all this meticulous information, mathematical and, um, you know, uh, what do you call it? It's just geometric information. It's crazy because when you think about the stuff that we've talked about, and then you did some interviews with us as well, and it's yeah. how these things can come up in 1980, then send you in the direction of Giza and the Peru and Stonehenge and, and high Brazil, and yeah. then you add your stuff with the twenty-three point five angle on it, yeah. and it takes you all over the place. That's poignant places. If it didn't mean something, it would send you in the middle of bloody nowhere. But it doesn't. It sends you to somewhere really important. It's uncovering. Um, it's giving us answers to things that we've asked for. You didn't even know you had a question for. Yeah, but you didn't even know you had a question for some of these answers. That no, 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 no. It's like a grid of. <laughs> It's like a grid of information. One thing confirms another, and that thing is confirmed in turn by something else, and it's all interlocked. You know, it all matches up, and that's the thing, and right. it's all come out of those seven coordinates that Jim wrote down, ones and zeros. It's crazy. Know. It's crazy. It People don't and understand was... this yet. They don't know about this yet. They've not acknowledged it yet. There's got well, to come a time. It comes out drier than the Sahara when you're trying to put this information. So it's mm. what we've talked about. It's like trying to bring little tiny bits of the information. So Jim saying 300 pages is a book is about all regular humans can stand. We're not all mm. like you guys. True. Yeah, I know. It's 12 years <laughs> it's though, like, isn't it? It's 12 years of data. I know. It's like us regular humans, it's too much. It, it makes your brain explode. Well, what's, what's But to more? be able to pick it up and come back. What's more, it's mathematical, and people put a block up yeah. whenever they see numbers and that. And we're all like that. We're all we've all been intimidated by mathematics at school, and um, but it is mathematical because it's the language of the universe. You know, mathematics is the language. So, right. what what an advanced intelligence would use, and it's proving things. It's proving the things that it's telling us through the mathematics. See, because it can't re be refuted. The math can't be, you know, right. two and two. Right. It's four, you know, you can't refute that. You can't argue with it. When was it that the fine structure constant thing was said by Carl? It was Carl Sagan that said it, wasn't it? Yeah, Carl Sagan said that um, if uh, the fine structure constant number ever came up in a, a message that's from a, an advanced 
intelligence or your civilization is something that would be worthy of considerable attention. It would be something that would sit up, that make us sit up and take notice. And that's, a, and that's what, what's happened. That's what's happened with the COVID. I, want, I know. I wonder what Carl Sagan would have said to all of this. Wouldn't it be awesome if he was the third person in the window here? He'd have to agree to, with it. He would have to agree with it because it can't be really be argued with. As a matter of fact, I think there was a one of your listeners uh, had a question or a statement about uh, it's similar to the golden record that was sent, you know. And yeah, yeah. It, it's funny that she had the Carl Sagan, uh, you know, uh, that's reference true because I was it was Carl Sagan that did that, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it, I think it was Cassie that said that. I was going to say it's just mind blowing, Ma Mandy. I was going to say, and this this is a good point. Okay, this shows you um, the code. What comes up out of the code with this authentication, you know, of the 12 digit number, it could only have been done in 1980. Mm -hmm. So that shows you, it, it actually reveals why the incident took place in 1980. Mm -hmm. It couldn't have been done in 1979. It couldn't have been done in 1981 because the number that comes up would not produce the fine structure constant, you know, to 12 That's digits true. in those two years be before and after. It was only happened in 1980. So throughout the whole history of uh, humanity, 1980 was the only year that they could demonstrate this retrocausality. You know, the information is sent back to the past, which has an effect on the present, which was in 2018, because that's when the number came up. But 2018 is also a pivotal year. Like 1980, it's also a pivotal year because there are a lot of things that were going on in 2018 that the code was predicting, okay? So, uh, as I said, it wouldn't have happened in any other year but 1980. And uh, that's, that's an important point about all it's this. It's very important. And so I wonder why they picked, I wonder why they picked Rendlesham Forest. I know it's between Bentwater and Woodbridge. And it's just, do you think it was you that they were after? I, I can't say that because it's like, you know... Well, am I the chosen one sort of thing? It's not like that. I don't see it. I know. And Jim, you know, and Jim. Oh, but... Jim. Yeah, Jim. I mean, the chosen right. one, Jim wouldn't believe that. He wouldn't. I mean, he doesn't no. have those kind of delusions that, you no, know. No, but could, you, could you imagine that all of this information was given to somebody else, like a lower ranked person that was in a bit of a delusion? Could you imagine that they would be able to tell this story over and over and over again when... Most people can't even remember what they have for breakfast on Thursday. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, the way I handle it is different than probably anybody else would have handled it. Exactly. But, you know, uh, but it, like even writing the book, it was fairly easy. Like well, the entire time I was in the Air Force, I kept, uh, 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 you know, uh, logs or, you know, uh, I don't want to use the word diary, but, you know. Uh, journals. Yeah, journals of what happened every day. And really there were more to CYA. If something was going to happen, or you know, you want to think, yes. think about, yeah, think about a year ago or something. One of the, well, I'll tell you what example of how, why those journals were so important. When I was in plans and programs, I did the base security council, and that's all like 2606s colonels. And uh, anyway, General Williams, and uh, I said, uh, General, I gave him a cheat sheet that what these. Uh, department heads said, you know, like the deputy commander of maintenance and all these other 06s, what they said. I gave them this cheat, uh, cheat sheet from a year prior. And I says, they committed to this, sir, and they wanted to do that, and you told them to do that. I says, you're going to look you're going to look really good. And he goes, thanks a lot. And sure wow. enough, yeah, and all for my journals. And he, so he, 
um, when he gave the, you know, he was sitting there at the uh, base security council, he says, Colonel, he says, you know, deputy DCM or something, he says, you said last year you were going to do this. So he said, have you done it? And he was like, how in the hell is that? How in the hell can that guy remember that? You know, but that's, that, that was one of the benefits of the journals that, while I was at the base. And I was, I was at the base for 1980, uh, summer of 80 to uh, summer of uh, 84. So I was there the same amount of time as Halt was. Uh, I mean, the rest of them all left and stuff like that. There was another important yeah. point I wanted to make, you know, about the notebook, is that when you said that you decided to take the notebook into the OSI building, you know, on 29th of December, mm -hmm. when they got you to write the statement out, um, uh, you took the ones and zero, the pages of ones and zeros out of the book because you didn't want them to see that, did you? So you was going to hand over the notebook, but not the ones and zeros no, because I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't going to show them that I lost it, you know, the, yeah. mentally. I wasn't going to show them anything like that because that's all it was is proof to show that there's something wrong. Yeah, something I wasn't because a notebook with, so. is a ring binder book, so he could take the pages of ones and zeros out, and so, he used to do that. Now we're just to interrupt you. Now we're talking about the notebook so personally. Can we have a look at the notebook? Because Jim has very kindly taken it out of his secret safety place so that we okay. can have a look. So uh, uh, wrong person, Leo. It's really <laughs> there we go. it's really getting in a bad shape, you know. You know, stuff like that. I mean, I mean we're somewhere in there. It's uh, oh yeah, so, well, it's still in the back. <laughs> we still I have still it in the back. back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we still got there that go. stuff in the back, you know. So. so what's really interesting is that you've just flowed with that. You didn't just do one here, one there. It's like a complete flow that you've done those ones and zeros. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if you can see that on the Yeah. Uh let's see. The thing is I can uh I can remember uh doing this. So you know That's amazing. My my writing got really bad. You, you know what it's I, funny I started, you know Mandy, it's funny because um, John Burroughs had said that that notebook didn't come up until years later. And Look at that. That, that, one, that one's horrible writing. Look at this here. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, was my not, God. Yes. Can you read it? Uh, very, no, it's hard. Very warm to touch. Identifying markings on left front side. And yeah. I tell you what, that must have been uh, the left because I was facing that way or something because I wouldn't know what the left or the right was, you know. Right. Uh, That's a terrified person writing that. Thank you so much for that, Jim. Uh, it's really exciting. Yeah, it's not, gonna... it's not designed to probably last more than a couple of years of notebook, you know what I mean? Uh, the, the paper is, it's really in bad shape. Brittle. I mean, the it's, brittle. It's, it's hardly surprising. It's pretty bloody old, isn't it? I'm going like, to say. It's been around gonna... the block. I was going to say that John has always said that Jim must have faked the notebook. He must have written it out years <laughs> later. But the thing is, yeah. there's a page in there that actually you write meeting John Burroughs at this pub or something at, at 12. Oh, well, I had everything in there, all kinds of notes. You know, and this was around the time of the incident. You know, he was going to meet uh, also John like Burroughs a, in the pub. I, had, I said here, I had an APR that was due on Sergeant McCulley. Uh, yeah. And that had to be submitted to Preston by 1 January. Yeah, yeah, I got all kinds of stuff in here. Uh, oh, there's that exercise. It was it was ma it was Major Preston who um, who got you to do the flight exercises when he got yes. you to write them down. Yeah, well, he was my uh, supervisor, and you know, yeah, he says you know I had to conduct it. Besides, it was practice for me uh, conducting it because 
I was a staff sergeant, you know, mm. and once I become tech, you know, I'd be doing it all the time, you know, so. Right, right. Josie, is that you asking that question, saying that, or is that Chase? Mandy just asked the question I was going to ask. What's that? It's just, who who is it? Is that is that is that Frenchie or is that Chase? Leo, do you know? Oh, hang on, he's answering me in here. Oh, it's Patty. It's somebody else. Okay, sorry, Patty. Um, I totally think with with her question, I totally think that um, that Jim was chosen. I, it doesn't make sense any other way. Yeah, but can I tell you something? Connection. Here? Connection. Can I tell you something here? Um, John Burroughs, I know I'm talking about him, but, you know, he, recently in this interview, he, he was coming out with all these assertions and they were just wrong, plain wrong. Yeah. Uh, right. He hasn't read our book. And uh, a lot of these skeptics or pseudo skeptics who have been kind of trying to trying to discredit Jim, they haven't read our book. In fact, it's been cancelled with him. They don't want to read it because it has, does hold a lot of the answers in there. But what John Burroughs, um, it's funny because when uh, the the binary code was discovered in Jim's book. And then while they were on the set of Prometheus Entertainment, who do the Ancient Aliens episode, that, right. that they were appearing in, him him and John were appearing in, um, they said, no, well, with this binary code, we're going to have to extend the show or extend your feature in the show uh, to include the binary code. And then John Burroughs had a, has a word with the producer, Kim Shearin, saying, so you're going to do all this with a binary code now? You, you're making him out to look like the Messiah, yeah? <laughs> making Jim out to look like the Messiah. That... Now, that sort of thing never... You know, what, here's what's mind. funny. The funny thing is, the binary wouldn't have been out. It wasn't for Hall and Burroughs at that film shoot. That's right. But I mean, I was, I was pressured. I was pressured onto that. As a matter of fact, I... I sat back for days with but Burroughs won't, won't he doesn't buy that. He says that you was eager to put it out and and I know you were. No, no. no way, and, man. And, and the thing is that Burroughs the was grief, jealous. The grief of it, man. The grief is unreal. Burroughs was jealous that the yeah. binary code had come out and it made Jim more prominent in the you know No, I mean uh, you know what? It took a lot to to bring out, you know, that was a bad time for me with uh you know what was going on you know because that was a mental breakdown i think uh, afterwards you right. know holy cow right. yeah but later uh, on and, and then to find out you know it made any sense at all i was like i was just i'm still freaked over that i mean ugh. but then later on john goes on various interviews saying that you know he was told by i don't know the guys that were looking at his into his blood and his dna you know, Kit Green and that. Oh, God, because he thinks but, it goes back to Christ's time. To Jesus Christ, yeah, to that time. He, he said not that it's the blood of Jesus Christ, but it goes back to those times, <laughs> you know. And yeah. um, that he's very special. Him and his son are the most two most special people on the planet. And um, But he had a go at Kim Shearing, the producer of the Ancient Aliens episode that you were starring in, saying, oh, you know, I did Jim out to be the Messiah. And it's like it's John that has these messiah complexes, you know. So it's projection, projection, projection. Yeah, it's all absolutely, projection, absolutely. And I agree with Cassie. You, I know, I'm not having completely it. see that Jim does not have the ego. <laughs> no, it's like you know what? It's and really, I'm not it's having so it. So sad. 
No, don't have it. You can't. You don't have to have it. It's it's what we would say in England, bollocks. It's, it's all bollocks, a load yeah. of bollocks. Yeah, bollocks. Because anybody tried to ask him a question that only Jim can answer. Well, you as well now, Look, but only because you're in his head. I want to go back to what well, I said yeah. earlier. You know, you know when you really? said you get. You know when you said you <laughs> yeah, get no, right. It's a bit freaky. You know when you said you get irate. No, I I do at certain times, but most of the time I'm laughing at some of the things that these people are coming up with. So discredit Jim, you know, and the code. It's it's ridiculous. But Gary gets up, does get upset. I tell you, I could give. I don't. Care. No, it's like the injustice of it. Jim. I mean, can you? Right, put yourself yeah. in my my position, and if you experience what I experience. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't matter what they say. But I don't know you how know. these people sleep at night. I don't know how these people sleep at night, knowing that they wouldn't. Very well, lie people like that. People and they like that don't have a bloody lie. conscience. Oh, they that's... don't have a conscience. Yeah. yeah, they have no integrity. I don't understand no. people like that. Uh, oh, no. uh, Sad. You know, I'm no saint. I mean, but you know, I there's things I value, and I've always valued a uh, person's integrity. I mean, yeah, you just don't. Uh, yeah. I'm only interested in the facts. That's what I'm interested in. You know, and these are mathematical you know, facts. It's, like, it's like there's no coincidence with you two being put together because I don't think that there's anybody else. Yes, people could have done some translation of the binary code, but the way you put it together and with the work that you were doing before you even had the connection with Jim, there's only, I've told you this before, there's only one person on the planet that could do what you've done. And there's only one person that could receive what Jim it's, received. It's maybe the way I approach things when I research stuff and I look into stuff and I, you know, study. It's the way I approach it. But I've got to tell you, when I first what found out, think? when I first found out about the incident, about the Art Reynoldsham incident, I I was one of those who read that, you know, the News of the World paper. I was at my parents' house and I was, my dad used to have the, have the News <laughs> of the that's World. The, that's the one I got off my doorstep. Yeah, well, my dad used to have. My dad used to have the news. We used to call that the news of the screws. Yeah, but my dad used to have the news of the world delivered. So I saw it on the front page, and I thought, ah, this is interesting, you know, because it's a a military base in England, and uh, so I I read that, and I thought, well, I'll have to keep watch on that, you know, we'll see what comes up, you know. Um, But at that time, I was just, I was, I was a graphic artist, you know, for a screen printing company, and I. And I was playing in a rock band, you know, doing uh, gigs around London and Surrey and Kent and that. I was a shit kicker from Peckham. That's all I was. I didn't have any aspirations to be a, an author or a writer. I, I didn't have any knowledge of this stuff. And um, it was only because of an experience I had in 93 that I, it was like a rebirth for me. And I, and I think from then on, it put me on the path. And I think that that experience I had and the research I was doing afterwards was conducive um, to all the, all the things that I was being prepared for, for to work on the code. So it's of course it's not it's not um, that I am the chosen one or anything. It's just that I approach things in a certain way. It's just a way of saying it, Gaz, because you're saying the exact same thing. Yeah, but I I don't you know I'm uh, I'm you're very humble. modest. You're, I'm very you're yeah. both humble, absolutely, but. You know, it's like nobody else could have done what Jim's done over these years and still functioned. Now, now the Reynolds Schmigler book is about the incident and the code and that. But, right. but uh, Gary's got a parallel story that is... It's incredible. He, he just touched on it. But that is... 
uh, a fascinating whole day. That's a book by itself. I mean, it's it's fascinating. One, it's a phenomenal itself, really, what happened to me because the experience I had, I had all these, it's like I had all these connections coming to me and I was having insights every day after that. And I'd be at work and I'd have to write down things that was coming to me and I was making connections and I'd write them down. I'd write them down on any scraps of paper that I had laying around, even on a cigarette box, put them in my pocket, get home, and then transfer it all onto a four megabyte RAM computer, you know, the, the word processor. <laughs> wow. In those days, because it was 93, it was ni in 1993, the, right. the actual year when Jim, um, you know, he, he retired. So, uh, right. and I remember the day, it was t November the 10th, and it was the day that my father died 14 years later. So, that exact day. But as I said, I had all these um, scraps of paper that I would write all these insights down and then I'd put it all on the word processor. And I amassed so much information that if I'd have printed all that out, it would have been about two or three inches a stack of paper, you know. So that in itself was a phenomenon, you know. And I used to have my mates come around and they'd say, you're coming out for a drink? I said, yeah, well, yeah, but just wait until I do this. And I'd be on the computer writing something and they'd be pacing up and down behind me saying, you know, what... What's going on here? And they'd look over my shoulder to see what I was writing. And they'd say, what is all that bollocks? You know, you're right there. <laughs> and I'd say, look, I said, just leave me alone. I said, go down the pub, get me a pint in, get me a pint on the bar, and I'll be I love down there. Stories. Oh. And I never turned up because I was still writing all night. And I'd have, I'd have headaches. I'd have headaches. Well, it's, I, I get, because we, we know about Gary's work. And even though it needs to happen over and over again, because it's, <clears throat> it's really difficult to understand. Once you get it, it's okay. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah. I think probably alcohol would help even more. Seriously, <laughs> I think a couple of whiskeys, you'd understand it even better. But what do I say to you every time we talk, Gaz? Have yeah. you got the bloody book out yet? No, <laughs> so I, you've got to start. I'm still the same person, by the way. None of that's really changed me in my attitude and my behavior to things or my attitude of things. I'm Why still the same person I, I was. I'm just saying that I never had any aspirations to be a writer before this, this experience I had. And I wasn't interested in those kind of subjects, really. You know, I was just a guy from Peckham, South East London. Just a guy from Peckham. Yeah, I was. And Jim's just a guy from Idaho or Ohio. Yeah, but these these things now. happen. These things happen to people, you know. And uh, I, You know what? I love, yeah. I love, I love it when... Uh, he goes and tells his uh, his accounting and this stuff, you know, because the the they're, they're I mean, the part about all those years ago, you're running a Nick Pope. I mean, what is that about? Oh, I, oh yeah, well, that was another yeah. thing. I was in the pub. No, no, this is crazy. This is another yeah. thing. 1997. I by chance I walk into the pub, my local pub, by the way, which was um, in in uh, where was it? Merton Abbey Mills. It was a Merton Abbey Mills. It was a market. And the pub was the William Morris, which was on the, the river there, the River Wandle. And it's a love, it was a lovely pub. And, I, and it was my local. I used to go there after work and have a pint or two just to relax before I went home. And I went in there one night, and there's Nick Pope at the bar. And I, I recognised him because I was, by this time, looking at UFO magazines and that, to, because I wanted to know about my own experience and if it had any kind of connection to the UFO phenomenon. Right. So uh, I saw Nick Pope there, and I thought, oh, this is too much of a case. And he's walked into my, you know, it's like walked into my into reality. Your pub. So I thought, that's oh, really this weird. Is a synchronous, you know, synchronicity sort of thing. So I went over, and uh, later on, I introduced myself, and he was sitting at, he was sitting at the table with this woman, and I think it might have been Georgina Bruni. 
I'm not sure, but whoever she was, it was a she was a journalist because she had a pad and paper out. Uh, sorry, pad and pen out, and she was writing down things he was saying. But I went over and I I interrupted, and I said, look, you know, I've had these experiences. And anyway, we exchanged phone numbers, and then I met up with him in that pub because I didn't know that he'd only just moved around the corner there. So he was around that area a lot, and we met up in a pub and we chatted like several times. We met up and we were talking about this experience I had which I later learned was a Kundalini kind of experience, awakening experience, what they call it. And I said, there must be a connection with this experience I had in the UFO phenomenon, because I see in people's accounts of mm-hmm. their um, abduct, abduction accounts and that, that they, they kind of talk about this same energy phenomenon, you know? Anyway, it kind of went over his head because he wasn't familiar with Kundalini, and I wasn't until I realised, until I found out later. But... Anyway, so we went our separate ways. But I would see Nick Pope every now and again, walking along, and we'd sort of say, oh, he'd say, hi, Gary, i say, hi, Nick. And, then, you know, he'd be walking along, and he'd be just down at the um, store, and he had, like, a bag of, like, baguettes and whatever he's bringing back home. And it was like, I would see him all the time then. It was like someone around the corner had kind of wound up a Nick Pope clone and then sent him in my direction because I was seeing him everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so what Do I'm either saying... of you... Do either of you actually believe in coincidence now? No, what I want to get on to say is I didn't know that at that time when I met Nick Pope, he was already interviewing Jim Peniston. And then Jim no way. gets in contact with me later and he, he asked me to work on the on this code. I didn't know who he was, though. No. I, I had no... And Nick was, Pope yeah. had never, never told Jim that he'd met up no. with me because by then, I mean, to Nick Pope, I was a nobody, you know, just someone he talked to once. But it's just strange that there's these synchronicity kind of meetings with people over the years with people that are either involved or directly or, or kind of indirectly with the with what I was working on with the code and that and the Rendlesham incident. And uh, it's like a synchromesha phenomena, you know, that you're kind of caught up in whenever you get into yeah. these things. Yeah. yeah. And I think that. If you want to go down that road, it's like the universe is telling you that you are on the right path. Yeah. Don't you think? Whatever yeah. the uni- whatever's controlling the universe at that point. Yeah. It's kind of wild. But I don't think you believe in coincidence either, do you? Jim well, doesn't. No, no. These All these things are meant to be, I think. And, um, of course, I think this whole thing has been micromanaged by some advanced intelligence. It's kind of micromanaging us and putting yeah, Absolutely. And... <clears throat> that is there's signs that you guys were onto something important hmm. and i agree but i think that it was all predestined that the date that was in the binary code what is it 80 8 8100 yeah and um that's supposed to be in the future and um right and on and at giza because the code points to the processional timeline which is the giza diagonal you know all all three pyramids right. the southeast corners are touching this line it's an abstract line it doesn't you know it's not it's not a physical line you it's not there yeah, yeah it, it's called the it's called the um giza diagonal or it's called the pyramid diagonal and this diagonal line is the the measurement of this line is like two was it 2160 royal cubits in ancient egyptian royal cubits and um that's one sixth of 12960 which is half a processional cycle. So it's a processional timeline. And then you realize that you can find dates on that timeline. You know, you can pinpoint dates on there. And there's this line from the Sphinx to the, second, the center of the second pyramid at ground level, 
you know, the apex center, but it's at ground level. So if you measure the distance between the Sphinx, the midpoint of the Sphinx, and the center of G2, the second pyramid, it's exactly 666 meters, okay? But it crosses the Giza diagonal timeline at the year 8100. So there you've got that 666-8100, those two numbers that turn up in the code, in the first line of the code. Out of, out of all the numbers that you could have, yeah. why would it be that? That's right. So as I said, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of data that, new data about Giza that the code gives us. You know, that it even, it gives us the, uh, the placement of the pyramids, you know, that they were placed to the phi ratio. And um, that's not been known before. It's a new, it's new information, and it's it really is giving away secrets of about Giza, things that were encoded when whoever whoever created Giza, whoever built the monuments there. It's all been encoded. So, so whoever whoever is sending this back, if it is coming from the future, which it kind of points to that. Yeah. Whoever so it is, it's uncovering. It's it's giving us the answers to things that we've asked for centuries. You know about Giza, and it's showing us that there's information that's been encoded at Giza that that um, is a time. There's a timeline there, a processional timeline, and in that timeline, there's dates uh, to associate with cataclysms, and maybe the eight one hundred date in the future is possibly uh, related to some kind of cat cataclysm that may have happened, and it comes around every. Now, and it, it comes around every time, you know, in the processional cycle, at that time in right. the processional cycle. Mm -hmm. So, um, Frenchie, Frenchie, Frenchie said, I'll have to measure when I go back, ha ha. So, but Frenchie, there might be something that Gary would like you to go and do next time you go there, because to actually be there and be able to do that, you might think it's a joke, but it, it isn't. You just need a ball of string and some scissors next time you go and then <laughs> see what, see what he says. Yeah. The other thing is the is the information that Manu Saifzadeh has been coming up with. You know the um, where is we it? We haven't really touched on that. That's his book there, right under under the Sphinx. Okay. Right now well, I've seen stuff about him, but now he started coming up. He started finding things in 2018, which is the year I said was pivotal with the year 1980. And his um, his book is about this archive that was put that was placed, deposited under the Sphinx's left forepaw. And um, that he said that, uh, you know, it was, it was breached, but it was placed under the left forepaw of the Sphinx. And it's like a, an underground cavern there or temple or whatever. And um, the, the binary code, the Giza coordinates and the binary code are pointing right to that spot underneath the Sphinx. Oh, and it was a, yeah. it's a void area that um, Robert Schock and Thomas de Becky uh, had both discovered through uh, tomography, um, was it scanning uh, on next to the Sphinx? And they found there was a void under the arm and under the forepaw, sorry. And the, the, the binary code, the Giza corners of the binary code are pointing to that spot, but it's doing so in such a way that it's a heading line that points to it, uh, a specific uh, measurement which is significant. And if you follow that heading line back, to the Giza coordinates found in the code, and then you go further, it goes all the way to San Miguel Island in the Azores. And so there we go back to uh, our favorite topic, Atlantis. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I'm not saying, uh, you know, I, I never really wanted to use the word Atlantis, but the thing is, is that the Azores, the islands, the seven islands of the Azores, because there's nine of them really, but there's seven groups together. They say that they are the peak peaks of the mountains of, of Atlantis. Wow. You know, and um, the ancient Egyptians I, I... have always, the ancient Egyptians, in the ancient Egyptian record, they say that their civilization was a legacy of a, of a, another civilization that was to the west, you know. Right, so it was from them. Jim, when you first started to talk with Gary and he started to come out with all of this stuff, what did you think? Like... Well, it was a it was a slow process starting out. I mean, I originally yeah. contacted him for twenty three and a half degrees because I was having dreams of it, dreams of it, and that was the only the first question. And he didn't get the code for a while, um, but he seemed to answer that. And then he, we, I started piecemealing, you know, the first five pages, and, you know, and it uh, when he. Uh, <laughs> As far as how I felt, uh, first of all, I didn't want to give anybody that. I, but it was out. Okay, it was out. So um, there's nothing more that I can do about that. The code was out. But uh, it's, I found it troubling. <laughs> when you, I bet. Um, uh, you didn't want to. You didn't want to steer me in any direction with it. He left me alone with the code. He left me alone. To what's really funny is like when most people hear Jim's story, they're thinking. Especially down the pub, old Brian sat in the corner. He's like, "Yeah, I think he needs a straight jacket." And then you come along and hear Gary's story. It's like, "Yeah, straight jacket and shackles." But when you hear it all together and how it all flows out, yeah. it's magnificent. It's the greatest story ever. There's other things that blow your mind. There's other there's things stuff. that blow your mind. I mean, Gary hasn't hit on everything. I mean, there's some big. Things. Oh, I know. There's some massive um, things. Uh, there are. Do you know what I was saying to Jim yesterday that, you know, this is something that will have to be carried on, you know, that um, it was yeah. it will evolve because even past my um, kind of my uh, investigation of the code or, or my deciphering of it, it's going to go further than me because I'm only been I've only really been concentrating on Giza. There's the other six locations. Right. That have to be looked into so it's like i'm going to be passing a baton to somebody else to carry on with it it's it's an ongoing thing it's just yeah, so much you might information need to start vetting these people because there's only certain people that can do it yeah so who is that is that is that josie or, or patty again funny enough in the emerald tablets thos speaks of his spaceship that he left buried with a marker on top the sphinx what can i say about there you it go. You see, look, I'm only interested in the facts, see? I mean, we can right. speculate. I'm, we can all speculate, and there is a lot of speculation involved with a code. Um, but when you yeah. see what comes out of it, there's all these... Um, it's, 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 there's the themes, the themes that come out of the code, you know? They're, they're kind of connected, um, and I put it, you know... There's, there's several themes that connect together to give you the bigger picture. Do you see what I mean? So you, you have the 23.5 degrees stuff, <laughs> which is the Earth's axis angle, obliquity angle, uh, the tilted angle, and um, which comes up in the code. And then you have the Azores. That's another theme. Then you, uh, which is associated with Atlantis, so a lot of people say. 
And then you have this timeline at Giza, which is a processional timeline, which shows cataclysm dates in the, in the timeline. And then you've got this link with the Svalbard Seed Vault, the, the, um, hmm. the Doomsday yeah. Svalbard Seed Vault, which is, you know, the... Yeah, do you know about that? So, and then there's a... Well, there's yeah, you told things. us about it. And, it, and there's um, the theme, you know, with the, the tilt of the earth, that kind of thing. So there's all, when you put it all together... It's showing that, or it's telling us that a cataclysm happened, um, say, 12,500 years ago, which tilted the earth, and um, that it could come up again in the future, which is why you've got that 800, 8100 date. I mean, it's a long way off in the future. I mean, you talk about 6,000 years in the future, but maybe something is happening now which has it's some kind of connection to what, yeah. So, or, or we're, you know, we've got enough. Many we've got enough years to prepare for it, sort of thing. I don't know, but it, it seems that all these themes, when you put them all together, um, they're telling us this bigger picture about our past, yeah, and what could come. And up it all future. started, and it all started with uh, Sergeant James Peniston. Yeah, how fabulous is that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like unbelievable, yeah. isn't it? The code, you know, when he, um, I, I had this theory about the way he wrote. He was able to write down these ones and zeros because he said that when you start off with a first digit or first couple of digits, it just runs, doesn't it, Jim? It just flows. That's, that's right. That's so right. I was thinking, because I'm a guitarist and um, I'm, I'm a lead guitarist, and I, and I know that when I play a lead solo, you don't think about the notes you're playing. You just have to start off with the first couple of notes and it just flows because it's in your right. memory. And, and if you was to think about each note you play, you'd probably mess it up, yeah? Yeah. So you, it just flows automatically. So it's like this pattern of ones and zeros was put in his mind as if he learned them, but he hadn't. But it was like he learned them. And as soon as he started writing out the first couple of digits, it all flowed. Just like this pattern that you play on an instrument, you know, pattern of notes. Well, it's, that, it's, that, that explains why, you know, when I stopped in the middle of it, yeah. to get another pen, it just continued on, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So that... That is an explanation. It's just a theory, but I'm just saying that that kind of well, makes it's sense. It's kind of rather rather plausible, isn't it? Yeah, but he didn't have to think about it. it; just flowed, you know, just like you would play. Right, and it looks like, like it when you see it. Let's face it; we've seen it now. We people are ancient aliens worldwide. The page have now seen the, and it looks like he's just da, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, people so have it's... people have problems with, you know, with that. You know, saying, how could he do that? How could he, yeah. Yeah, and, and <clears throat> you know, the I, we could only touch on it probably about 1% of what's in that book. I really encourage people to go ahead and read the Reynolds Schmigniglin book. You can go to Amazon.com. Yep. Uh, here's the nice thing about it. If you're like the rest of us, uh, you got, like, Amazon uh, uh, where you get the Prime. free, yeah, Prime and that. It's it's You can get a digital copy free, though, you know. Mm. It's not like, wow. Yeah. So, and then what's nice about that, everything, you know, it's in color and, you know, you had a lot of nice things. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Right. That's great. Uh, that is a big book. I mean, it's, look, you know. It is. It's fantastic. It, but, you know, I want, to tell like you, I want to tell you that the reason why it's big like that, because have we got enough time? I mean, when we're we supposed to be ending? Well, not too long. Go no, on. I was going to say that a lot of what takes up that book is the uh, the end notes, yeah? 
I mean, Jim's right. account is the main text, but there's a lot of end notes in the book, which just gives you the kind of, I don't know, multi-layered kind of levels of, of information that things that Jim didn't know about that was going on around him with the other witnesses and the other investigators and that kind of thing. So all the end notes there, I mean, there's like 300 pages of end notes. So, uh, yeah. And it's like the, the more, the, the really kind of interesting information is in the end notes. Not that Jim's account isn't interesting because it's really good. But, I mean, it, no, it, it I mean, what, talk, they're, they're there. What, what else is fascinating, and I think it's a must read on in the Enigma book, yeah. is, uh, is the epilogue, which I don't know how many pages is the epilogue? 60 pages? Well, I don't yeah, know. I write, uh, I that's long. I touch on some of the things about the code, but I also it's a nice transition how, to the yeah. To, yeah. I also mentioned how the code, you know, authenticates itself because that was really weird and that that all came to me just as I was writing the last chapter, and I had to I had to um, postpone the the release of the book until I got all that stuff written down that I could, you know, about the code of how it authenticates itself. Remember, Jim? Yeah. yeah uh, I I know. I mean, when did that come out? I think that the, the information was in May that it came was, out. What it was, the number that came up, the 12-digit number that the code predicted, um, it was only published on May May the 26th, uh, 2019. And I was writing the last chapter then. And when I saw that number come up on Wikipedia, I thought that, that's what authenticates the code. The, the code is authentic because it predicted that number. And I was just... I came to that Wikipedia page where it talks no. about the 12-digit number, the fine structure constant, just as I was writing that last chapter, and I thought, right, I've got to put this in. And that's the reason why the, the book was okay. delayed. So it's the timing of it as well. You mm -hmm. know, the it, it, let me just uh, also hit on the part about the uh, uh, skeptics, I guess. I have other words for them, but I'm not going to say what they are. Pseudo-skeptics, they are, really. Yeah, pseudo they're, Yeah, it's... <sighs> They talk about pseudoscience, but they're pseudo-skeptics because they're not balanced, right. healthy-minded skeptics, really. They, they're biased. They're bigoted, with, you know, and, and they try to rip things apart. They don't, they're, kind of, they're materialistic, and that's what they, they think that you are kind of messing with that and you're trying to upset the status quo. They don't want that to happen. And then a lot of them are working for people. A lot of them... That's right. Must be funded. Well, I, you know that I have my views on that. I think that, I think that one of them is definitely being handled. But what they and... can't do, they'll never be able to refute how the code authenticates itself with this twelve-digit number that was predicted. Absolutely not. They're not going to be able to do it, and they're faced with that. But they ignore it instead. The other thing is, none of these skeptics, none of them, uh, and this also includes a vast majority of the circuit speakers. They've never interviewed me. They've never sat down and talked to me. That's right. They've never wow. interviewed Jim. They never, never had a face-to-face -face interview with him and asked him questions. No. They just assume no. certain things and they keep on. Well, what they is, get their research is watching a documentary. You know, and all they're trying to do is make money. The documentary. That's right. I mean, right. Yeah. You know, I don't and know. And they're what misinforming. They... They're misinforming the public, and that's just unacceptable. You it know, is in my book. Again, we're back to all of this misinformation crap. Yeah, you talk yeah. about the government. We have people just doing it to ourselves. I mean, what yeah. are you yeah. doing? In the UFO community. Oh. It's yeah. <laughs> so the last place it should happen. They, these people just get in the way of our progress in understanding things about the world, you know. 
They're in the way. Yeah. Yeah, well, and that's been going on for hundreds, if not thousands, of years, hasn't it? So yeah. it just once again shows how important this actual well, you know, the biggest, the biggest, uh, Mandy, the biggest mistake they make is they they try to treat Reynoldsham as a UFO case. Right. That's what that's the biggest mistake. They start so they're losing right at the, from the start. Right. You know, it they can't. You know, it's not another UFO case. It's not. Absolutely not. Uh, and a lot of these people, they're not. I've never UFO. called it a UFO either, unless the TV producers made me say something. And, but right. it, uh, from the start, it, I, I, I call it a craft of unknown origin. I mean, I was uh, describing it very descriptively, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, a, a UFO don't, doesn't land and then take off, and then you have an interchange with it. Usually, usually that's. A UFO, a UFO, the technical term, is a lights in the sky. Yeah. Some of the phenomena right. up there you can't explain. You know, you right. can't identify. Uh, it's either man-made or naturally occurring, you know, something like that. I found a lot of these people are incapable of analytical thinking, you know, logic, yeah. rationalism. They're, they're incapable. That's true. Yeah. And jealousy comes in and egos, they all come in, don't they? I tell you what, that is running. That runs rapid on the uh, UFO uh, circuit speaking. Horribly. Oh, I horribly. have seen so many, so much backstabbing. That's why I don't do yeah. any of them. Mm. It's just crazy backstabbing, and then they turn around. They're two faced. They, they after talking trash to one of them uh, about one of them, the next morning they're having Stupid. breakfast with them. I'm like, oh, it goes there on everywhere in any human ah. activity. It all goes on, you know. So it's, terrible. it's ridiculous. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's, the well, um, that's the way it was at the uh, at the citizens' hearing too. What a crock is BS there, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was all people juggling for position. And what I don't, what, what I yeah. see with this Rendlesham incident and the witnesses, all right, I've been helping Jim out. I mean, he asked me to work on the code, okay? So, and I've questioned Jim, okay? But what you find with a lot of these Uf in the UFO community with, with Rendlesham is that you get these fans. They're fans of the witnesses. Each of the witnesses have their fans. <laughs> yeah, we're strange. You know, like pop fans. Oh and, my and, god! Oh. But that's what goes on, you know. It's so strange. And um, oh, they're all bickering man. against each other. They always, they're all. Yeah, saying, oh, yeah Jim they, is a liar. Jim is this. And, yeah, they say we always bicker. I haven't bickered with anybody. No, I they just they. I guess assume it that way. I don't know. I don't. There's no fighting. I don't hate anybody. I mean, nothing like that. I mean, but each witness is each witness has their followers like fans, you know, like pop fans, and it's just it's irrational. What got me was when I found a, a guy had posted on one of these Rendlesham uh, Facebook sites when he said, "I don't believe in the code because I don't like Jim Pendleston." <laughs> because because apparently you had a word with him, Jim, and he came, he told you about his UFO. Um, I don't know. Oh, I could have. I don't know. Sighting or something, and you probably brushed him off. Didn't like that. Maybe. So now he don't Maybe. believe in the code. But but the uh, I tell you what, uh, a couple of important things. One of the things <laughs> is all the people I worked for my entire uh, career in the Air Force. Hey, you can talk to any of them, and they're all going to give me uh, uh, good remarks. They won't yeah. hear anything bad. Yeah. Um, uh, and then I got people that are, you know, and I got great performance reports, great career. Yeah. And uh, I got people that, you know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't know integrity or honesty if it hit them in the face. Right. I mean, yeah. I don't know. 
it's just it's a shame and that's one of the things that i find really appalling about it is that they just uh um i i like i was on a, a chat with friends yesterday and uh one of the things they're talking about they're they're talking about things that you know i don't necessarily believe in you know but i have an open mind i saw it totally nice i have an old mind so you know pretty much convince me you know what do you got going on and i'll listen to that because the people are talking to me i were credible you know they're credible people and they're honest people mm-hmm. and so you know i'm okay with that and i'm okay with a skeptic too if you want to be if you want to be a skeptic on something with me mandy go yeah. for it i mm-hmm. don't have a problem with that yeah. but why would you attack personally or uh, i don't know i don't uh, understand people that do that they, I mean, don't, they don't know me they, they, have know an agenda. Me. they have an agenda that's it it's just ego. I don't really well, care. I don't care. I just ending on that. It's definitely not nice. It's not. It's not what we're here to do. Right. Well, I think it is time to wrap it up, gents. It's, it's like, been a great uh, chat. It's been a really yeah. worthwhile, yeah, interesting chat. I like. Yeah, it. It's, it was sort of nice to get together on this. I uh, enjoyed it. Yeah, let's do another uh, one sometime. Yeah, I like it. Let's the, do it. I like it that you can have uh, questions pop up on the screen. Mm. That's sort of nice. I, I like that too. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, me too. All right, Mandy. Thank you very thank you. much. <laughs> well, thank you both, and thank you so thank you. much for sharing the the notebook. I'm very thrilled with that. That's but great. just everything else, it's been it's been very it's very personal and intimate. I love it. Right. And we wanted to. I wanted to make it so that it was a little bit different than all the other interviews that you've done. You know. So I think hopefully it we did a little been, bit of that. It has been, Jim. Don't you think? Yeah, I do. Another thing is, Gary and I don't do many interviews together. <laughs> Very oh, few. That's right. We haven't done. That's right. Yeah, and, no. well, it's been a while. I mean, years. I mean, well, because a lot of people only want you, Jim, because you, you know, you're, you're the guy who touched the craft. And yeah, you know, they, they, oh my God, they're missing out the whole thing with Reynolds. I mean, you know, if you don't look at the code, really, man, really, the codes are really, really. I know really that. But I'm quite, I'm quite patient. No, I'm, I'm, I know that. But yeah. I'm quite patient. I'll, you know. Yeah, you can. All everybody's. Sending up the messages. Thank you a lot. These are all great people. Yeah, they're putting right. messages. Yep. Up. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you, thank you. And uh Leo, are you wanting to come in and say a final goodbye? I'm very appreciative that you've had a snooze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, guys, thank you uh, a, a lot. I'm looking at the chat while I'm talking instead of looking at the camera. Thank both of you guys for doing this because we are, yeah. we're aware and we want. I wanted to make sure to bring that up again because Jim brought that up. That you guys, yeah. uh, a rare occasion, have given uh, interviews together and then live. Uh, I don't know that you've ever done it live. Uh, no. So uh, we wanted to thank you for allowing us at Ancient Aliens yeah. Worldwide to have this exclusive. We've done you guys individually, both. Jim, you've been here a couple years ago. Yeah, I love your website. I love the Ancient Aliens uh, Worldwide. I, I, you know, I'm a member there too. So, right. yeah. Um, I don't Thank go you. on. I, I don't go on Facebook a lot, but you know, I'm good. You know. Yeah. I, I usually, I usually tag you. I usually tag you in stuff. Yes, I appreciate that too. I do. I, I enjoy this. I, and I, the fans, the people loved it. Gary, go ahead, please. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Please say what you're going to say. When any man, anytime Mandy and you want to do an interview, we're, we're there. We'll do it, you know. Or, or thank you. Know, you. Got, you got, thank you got Gary. He's going to have a lot to talk about. Well, right. I know. We, we, we have to have it. It didn't go over my head when Gary was talking about uh, two books consecutively possibly being out this year. 
and my first thought was Mandy, and I saw the look on her face. Hey, let's get together when that comes yeah. around. Well, okay. It's like I nag, I nag, well, definitely, but I nag Gary all the time. It's like, well, you can't, it's like every time, it's like you now got six books because this one belongs in that copy and that. And it's like, just right. shut up and print something. <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd like to do a, a presentation of one of the themes of the, that I haven't really talked about, about the code. Well, I did mention it as we were talking uh, about the Azores and that, and that's something else that, that maybe that we could do. That presentation you sent me. Yeah, it's a PowerPoint presentation. It's, it's excellent. You okay. Know and you well, can we can go on. through that. Well, if you could go around and talk about it. We'll do that. Wow. Because I haven't yet. I haven't yeah. actually yeah, mentioned really... that part of the code. Well, well, we we will do that next time and not leave it so long between. And then if you want to be there at the same time, Jim, that would be awesome. Oh, I'll be glad it's live. I can watch. No, yeah, because, why not? This, Just be there. This Just year, be there. I'll be there. But I'll tell you what, it, he sent it to me and I, I went through it twice, not because I didn't understand it, because it's written in a plain language. I appreciate it. Yeah. And But it was... I want to make sure I didn't miss nothing, you know, in it. And uh, I tell you what, this is the first time I, I, I see Gary it has comes together. Yeah, it just is so easy to understand. It's yeah. all mathematically that's, precise. And that's one thing about that's me. That's the main I'm thing. Far, I'm always mm -hmm. thorough and meticulous with, with the details. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, everybody, for being here. And most of all, thank you for you guys. And um, I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Right. And now we're going to go and now we're going to go and have a little chat in the back room, and say goodbye and adios to all of our friends. And uh, thanks for I'll tuning in, guys. You. Make sure uh, we're going to let this be shared out. So make sure you yeah. guys share this out. I already have people asking me for copies of this, so they can share it on their pages. Yeah, please do. Please do. Right. Yeah. So we'll make sure you guys get copies. Whoever needs copies that sent to the MP3 file and the MP4 file, whichever you guys right. need. Um, I will repost this on the MP3 file on my Orion Rising MP3 file. Mm. Uh, that'll go out to the world, which is listened to in over 70 countries. They won't wow. have the visuals, but I'll have the link in the in there for them that if they want to watch the MP4 file, they can uh, wow. tune into that. So uh, we'll get more awesome. pickup than just on Ancient Aliens Worldwide. So. That's going to go out to everybody to hear you guys. They won't be able and, to see the images, but they'll be able to hear you. And guys. thank you, Liam. If Nick Pope, if Nick Pope is watching this because somebody sent it to him, I did ask you three years ago if you'd do a live. Maybe you'll have time for that now. So, yeah, he's, a bit, he's a busy guy. He's a busy guy. Just saying. He's doing another show now. He's got a show that he's filming now that I've just seen the previews for. So uh -huh. he's he's a pretty busy guy right now on both sides he of the pod. <laughs> right. All right. Well, thank you, okay. darlings. And thank, um, you. thank you. And we'll see you shortly. Thanks, Mandy. Thanks, Leo. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Gary. Thank